from digitiki.com. Rain? Yeah. Don't be silly. I Do just got a raindrop on my nose. It's all wet. Oh, that just means that you're feeling good. <laughs> I just drop of rain, too. Yes, you're so right, love. Maybe we ought to find a cave or something. Believe me, when a real storm sets in, you feel it. This isn't a real storm, huh? No! When do you think the real big storms are going to start? I said a real big storms will start in about 30 seconds ago. Welcome to the Quiet Village. folks for another visit here at the quiet village one more visit again i'm happy to have you i'm your host digitiki coming to you direct as always from digitiki.com broadcasting in the heart of the quiet village and you know it should just be a standard stamp i put on everything got a special episode i really do got a special special guest randy poe who is author, music historian, and the co-producer of the new Gene Rains compilation CD, which is the first official Gene Rains release, and it is really a fantastic product. Also got uh, some new tracks from Ixtawele. They've got an EP that just hit the hit the streets. Um, also going to hear a wonderful recording that was sent to me by Randy Wong of Waitiki of the Hawaiian Youth Symphony. They were, uh, they did a fundraiser and it was recorded and it is really good. And it is what sounds like a huge orchestra and it's made up all of young people. I believe they were directed by Randy Wong, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, going to have that plus our interview with Randy Poe visiting in the village. Right now, let's start off with a track from Ixtawele's new EP, which is called Mareld. I guess that's how you say M-A-R-E-L-D. Mareld. Anyway, here, here is Ixtawele right here on The Quiet Village. <laughs> Thank you. 
Okay, that was a really, really cool track. That was by the Hawaii Youth Symphony, headed by uh, Randy Wong there, and that was a live recording from, I believe it was from a fundraising event they did. Uh, that, that album is called The Golden Age of Waikiki, and of course that was a Les Baxter tune called Tiki, heavily reorchestrated, very cool cool version of that uh, I hope you dig that and mahalo Randy for giving me the copy of that uh, before that we heard a, a new a contemporary band Kavakon really good band loved their stuff their album Tiki for the Atomic Age that was Chinese Surfer and before that another contemporary exotica band the Stolen Idols with their newest album Moonlight Offerings which I absolutely can't get enough of on Tonga Shores is the name of the track, and kicking off that set, a brand new track from a brand new EP from a contemporary band, Ixta Huele. That was a track called Colors of Hawaii, Hawaii Key. I guess that's how you say it. Okay, um, but before I, we get started, I want to talk about our interviewee, which is Randy Poe. And for those of you who may not know that name, I'm sure you might know his work. He's an author, music historian, and he's also the co-producer of the brand new Gene Rains compilation that has just hit the streets. And unless you've been under a rock and not listening to Quiet Village or... Um, or reading many of the Quiet Village posts online or, or any of that stuff. Gene Rains has, has, is one of the biggies. And if you listen to this show a lot, you'll know that I'm constantly talking about Gene Rains and he doesn't have anything released digitally. Well, all of that changed. And in fact, it changed in part because of this show. Randy Poe is a regular listener and, um, he had the ear of somebody at a record label, and when they asked him what should be put out, he said, Gene Rains. And, of course, the guy at the record label said, who the heck was that? So, uh, But he is a listener, and it is, I, I'm patting myself on the back a little bit, it is because of the Quiet Village that, uh, in part, that the, this Gene Rains compilation hit the streets. It is the first official Gene Rains Release And it was done by Real Gone Music. And I want to send out a big mahalo to Gordon Anderson, who's the head of Real Gone Music, for putting this out. Randy Poe was one of the co-producers as well. He wrote the liner notes, and the liner notes are really fantastic. Tom D. Klein, who is a wonderful photographer and is actually a friend of mine, has actually been on the show occasionally, um, he did all of the artwork, and he did a fantastic job of putting together all of the artwork, including using all of the original front and back covers from all of Gene Rain's uh, music from all of his LPs. Uh, he also completely recreated the original Rainbow Decca LP label as the CD label. It looks fantastic. It just did a really great job with it and i myself got actually listed uh quiet village is listed in the liner notes and i am listed also as co-producer so i'm very very proud to have this release out and for me it's kind of a big deal i mean i've had i've done i've produced two albums in one year i did the uh alika lyman group uh lays of jazz volume two which if you don't have it go out and buy it and uh i also did helped uh put out this gene reigns collection which again if you don't have it go out and buy it you're gonna really love the tracks one little one little thing i do want to tell you about it before we get going on to the 
onto the um, the interview with Randy. The Gene Rains collection was really a long process. In fact, it took three years, and I did not know it was going on, but apparently Randy was listening to the uh, Quiet Village the whole time. And it took a long time to get Universal Music, who owns DECA, which was the original label, Gene Rains. It took them a long time to convince them that it was worth the uh, time and the effort to um, license the music out to Real Gone Music. The sad note is, once the licensing was secured, Universal let the producers know that the master tapes no longer existed, and that is a real heartbreak. Uh, I've kind of done a little sleuthing and pieced together what I think happened. Apparently there was a large fire in Los Angeles at an archive warehouse that housed a lot of records, a lot of the master tapes for records, some of which were DECA, a lot of the ABC music, um, ABC Paramount label, a lot of other labels lost all of their master tapes. And apparently the Gene Rains tapes were in there. Sadly, all that's out on LP is all we've got. Fortunately, the producers contacted me because I had very clean LP copies. So this compilation is LP sourced, but it is LP sourced because there is no other tape source. As far as I know, DECA never released um, reel-to-reel, consumer reel-to-reels of any of the Gene Rain stuff. So that is it. And I must say that the, the audio quality really sparkles. So those of you who are... Gene Rains Fanatics, this is a wonderful collection. 19 full tracks drawing from all three of Gene Rains' LPs. And I know what you're saying. Yes, there's four LPs, but actually Call of the Tropics is a compilation LP of the first three. The first being Lotus Land. The second release was Far Across the Sea. And, of course, the third release... Excuse me, I can't talk. The third release was uh, Rains in the Tropics. So now, without further ado, I'm going to take you over to the Purple Orchid, where Randy and I met up, which is a wonderful little tiki bar in Los Angeles. We met up and talked about the release of the Gene Rains collection. So I am here with Randy Poe, and we are at the Purple Orchid having watermelon Mai Tais. And they're mighty fine. Randy was integral in getting the Gene Rains collection going. That's why we're here having a couple drinks. Absolutely. And uh, so tell me how you kind of got, you were the one who got the ball rolling, really. Right. I've been doing reissues since the 80s, mainly coming up with concepts, uh, many times writing the liner notes. Uh, But the main thing is once you've come up with the idea, you have to find a label you can pitch it to. Right. And I did that with Rhino many years ago. I was heavily into cowboy songs and western stuff and I got them to do an entire box set called Songs of the West that I compiled a sequence which means putting all the songs in the order I wanted them to go in. I I wrote part of the liner notes along with some other really quality people who knew a lot about that world and I was the uh, co-producer of the package and it ended up getting nominated for a Grammy. We lost to Ella Fitzgerald, but it was a privilege just to be nominated. Of course. Uh, so things that I've done with Rhino were like the Drifters box set, uh, Coasters two CD set, 
I did a thing with them that I pitched to them in the early 90s called the Muscle Shoals Sound. And uh, it was a great collection of songs recorded in Muscle Shoals. And who knew that all these years later, there'd finally be a documentary about Muscle Shoals. And it's funny because the soundtrack album for that documentary, like the first seven songs, are also the first seven songs on the compilation I did all those years ago. <laughs> Uh, and so, and I've also worked with with uh, kitschy places like KTEL, where I would do all sorts of goofy things like country round the country, where it'd be ten songs, and one of them would be Jackson, and one of them would be Kansas City. You get the idea. So. Uh, it was just a lot of fun to put these kind of projects together way early on. Before we had the term exotica that we were tossing around like we do today, I got this idea because the cowboy stuff had been the same way. I, I, when I was pitching the cowboy songs to Rhino, they all thought I was insane. <laughs> this is before Dances with Wolves or Unforgiven. You know, it was before, before yeah. the whole... Uh, recycling of the Western and all that happened. Yeah. Uh, so the whole point is you got to catch it before it all takes off. I did a thing called Country Dance Party right before the country line dancing craze exploded mm. in America. It sold hundreds of thousands of copies. Yeah. So this one was way ahead of its time. I didn't have anything to call it. Yeah. It was my biggest problem. But. I was trying to get labels to pay attention to the stuff by uh, Martin uh, Denny and and uh, all those other guys, uh, Arthur Lyman, Gene Rains, uh, and and on and on, and also people like the bongo player Terry Snyder, and and and, and it was just that. Kind of, there's a cool groove here, something from the 50s, 60s, and I feel like it's going to explode. And who can I get to do this with me? And we'll all ride the crest together. And nobody, I mean, it was just, nobody was buying it. And so I went back to my country stuff and my rock and roll stuff and and my R&B stuff and doing the kind of things that I'd been doing, and it just really gave up on what became, in pretty short order, a year or two later, Space Age Bachelor Pad. Right. <laughs> and all of a sudden, all these albums were being pumped out by Capitol, and and Rhino was doing its best of Martin Denny album, and everybody was getting in on it, like we were talking before we went on the air, Collector's Choice with right. their Arthur Lyman CDs, and, and it just blew up, and I thought, well, there it came and went, and I missed it. <laughs> I was just a little too early for everybody. And then, just like you, I thought, well, okay, who's going to put out the Gene Rain stuff? Because really, to me, that's the, that's the quintessential stuff from that era. Yeah, so I'm ready. I'm ready. I've, I've given up. I'm just going to keep doing my stuff. And somebody will put out the Gene Rains, and, and I'll have it at least. <laughs> and I waited. And I waited. And everybody else came out. Uh, Paul Conrad. I mean, yeah, all of these other things were coming out. You can just name all the... Every tiki and exotica name you could think of, uh, 
guys that you know that I don't even know who they are. And they all came out. And and just sheer silence as far as Gene Reigns was concerned. Yeah. And in the meantime, his records, his LPs, kept getting more and more pricey on eBay. Oh, sure. You know, I remember when I first got into Gene Reigns, I, I got... My first one was Rains in the Tropics, uh-huh. and I think I picked that up, and I forget where I got it, if it was at a swap meet or if it was online. I got it for maybe 4 or $5, uh-huh. which was pretty high for a record that old, and nobody knew what the heck it was. And I basically bought it because the cover was just too cool. Right. And then I popped it on, and it was from start to finish. song on side one the last song on side two this is a fantastic album who is this guy and then right. I started looking around eventually found the other ones and then realized he only had three plus that compilation mm-hmm. and then that was it couldn't find anything about the guy it's really funny that you'd say that because I used to go to record surplus all the mm. time back when it was on Pico and and love record surplus and I would go in there and I'm I'm buying things for a dollar. This is in the 80s, and and I'm just you know and I'm 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 buying the stuff that of course now is worth a lot. Yeah, but but they just had it like filed in easy listening, mm-hmm. and so I I was just. Picking left and right, you know, 98 cents, 98 cents, 98 cents. And, and Neil Cantor, who ran the place, still runs it to this day, said to me, why do you buy this crap for? <laughs> Just hang in, Neil. <laughs> it was just a few years later, just a few years later that the all of a sudden those records had the nice plastic on them with the... <laughs> with those high price tags the on got them. played once in somebody's <laughs> house <laughs> so right. but but where, what happened with the with this particular compilation is uh, Gordon Anderson at real gone music had come to me because like most of us I have a day job and I work uh, for this uh, company called Lieberstoller Songs and Lieberstoller Productions. And Lieberstoller Productions, of course, is the company that owns the masters for a lot of the tracks that Jerry Lieber and Mike Stoller produced in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. And so Gordon at his label wanted to uh, use some of the masters that we owned. And so I leased some masters out to him for a package he was doing with girl groups. And he just happened to say to me, uh, three years ago, hey man, if you got any ideas you want to pitch, please come to me. We're always looking for That's new ideas. That's a nice door to have open. Yeah. That's a nice door. Especially after Rhino had gone totally corporate, you yeah. know, and and, uh, and others had gone away entirely. I mean, there's still great labels out there like Omnivore is doing fabulous stuff. But so I was like, okay, real gone music, cool. So I looked them up online and saw that what Gordon's involvement was and the other guys that are that are there and and um, I, I went back to him and I said okay there's this guy <laughs> I said his name is Gene Rain there's this guy you've never heard of and he said never heard of him and I said well of course you have I said let me tell you Gene Rain 
was like one of the big three. I said, Martin Denny, you heard of? Yep. Arthur Lyman? Yep. Put his stuff out. I said, okay, this is the other guy. This is Gene Range. He was on DECA. And I said, is DECA a problem? And he said, well, they're all, you know, who, who knows? But, uh, <laughs> but we'll give it a shot. And so, so I said, okay, great. So, so every few months, I'd get an email from Gordon saying, still working on the Gene Reigns. Really? Yeah. He took it seriously. He took it seriously. And for three years, about every six months, I'd get an email. And, you know, I finally I gave up uh, uh, because I figured, well, he just not being able to work it out with the folks at Universal Music who now own those Deccan right. Masters. And, um, and then, as you know, <laughs> I get an email from him. I think it was in June. I uh, know it was in June. And he says, okay, Gene Range Project's green light. <laughs> You give me a track listing. That's <laughs> like, oh my god! I said, when do you need it? He's like, right now, right now. Right now. It's got to come out. <laughs> it's got to come out before August. You know, before Tiki Oasis happens. And I said, okay. And uh, it was just a day or two later. He comes back to me and says, Universal has no repeat. No audio. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> well, and that's how you got in the picture. That's I said, how I got Okay, <laughs> I know this guy who's got to have him because he's played him on his podcast. <laughs> so I said, maybe I can find him. And luckily, found And on, on top of that, I'm OCD about making him sound as crisp as oh, I can. A beautiful thing. And then he says, well, okay, well, I need the artwork. I said, whoa, same guy. <laughs> Well, he worked with Tom Klein, too, who I've he, known for a while. Right. And I remember Tom came to me about maybe two years ago, mm-hmm. and he said, I've heard rumors from this guy I've, I've done stuff for. He might do Gene Rains. And I said, please keep me posted. And I never heard a darn thing until... Until well, literally it came, well, we need it now. <laughs> that, that's how it works. That's the way this business has always been. It's like, you pitch an idea... And and then you don't think anything else about it. Ramblin' Jack Elliot. You've heard of Ramblin' Jack? I Ramblin' have. Jack Elliot. This is one of the one of the great folk icons of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bob Dylan played harmonica on Ramblin' Jack's early records. Uh, back when Bob Dylan was not known. Was not Bob Dylan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and in fact, it was. Ramblin' Jack's the one who kind of taught Bob how to play that finger-picking style on Don't Think Twice, It's All Right. So I had pitched this idea to do the best of the Vanguard years because I knew that part of those unreleased sides included Bob Dylan playing harmonica on, on some of the sides. Sure, yeah. I said, this would be a really valuable thing. Yeah. And, um, and I got a call from Tom saying, okay, yeah, you know that uh, that Ramblin' Jack idea you pitched about a year, year and a half ago? I said, yeah, yeah. I said, Are you going to do it? And he says, yeah, it's pretty much a go. And I said, all right, you want me to do the liner notes? He says, yeah, that's why I'm calling you, and I need them Friday. And oh, I God. said, which Friday? And he says, no, th- this Friday. And it was like Wednesday. <laughs> so, yeah, sometimes you got to be ready. Yeah, really fast to do what they want you to do because 
Once it's in the once it's in the system, well, it's just like being an author. Um, as you know, I've, I've written several books, right. and there is nothing that will give you more incentive to finish the book than to see your book on Amazon before you finish <laughs> writing it. Right. <laughs> well, and I, I saw the Gene Rains listed for sale with the saying, you know, release June or July, July 29th. 29th. And this was not long after Tom had said, you know, this thing is happening. And, you know, I thought, man, that's fast. <laughs> but it came together. <laughs> it did. And your liner notes, I got to say, were really good. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, it, the best compliment I can give you is if you said exactly what I was thinking. Oh, good. Good. Because it, it, you were spot on with it. Well, as you know, and we'll let your listeners know now, <laughs> um, none of us, at the end of the day, really know much about Gene Rain. Right. We've tried. I have been... <laughs> Everywhere I could go, I I even went as far as the um, Hawaii uh, Musicians Union uh -huh. and spoke to some great people, and in fact, ultimately made contact with Paul Conrad, who was the keyboard player on the first album. Right, which... but not until after the liner notes right. <laughs> already had to be turned in. Right, but uh, so, but you know, part of the beauty is the fact that he's such a mystery. I mean, uh -huh. we sit here right now in 2014 and we don't know if he's alive or not no how cool is that i no. mean maybe he is uh that certainly haven't come across an obituary no uh and paul conrad is still alive he's and still, kicking he's so still so gene could be out there somewhere now randy wong who i quote in the liner notes and what's the name of the band that randy's in waitiki yeah yeah uh, uh he's he's like one of those really important people in this world of music and, and I quoted him in the liner notes talking about what an important bridge Gene Rains is between uh, Martin Denny and Arthur Lyman. And um, Randy, you know, he, he's, he's talked to a lot of those guys, and um, he was told by one of them that uh, the last he had heard was that Gene had moved back to the mainland. Really? So, so Gene... I mean, he could be living could in be, Southern California. He could be sitting on the other side of this bar. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I had no idea. I just assumed he was still in Hawaii. Yeah. And you thought it most likely underground. <laughs> right, under Hawaii somewhere, yeah. Well, that's funny. You know, I, I, I sent you that, that uh, clipping somebody sent me. It was just a picture of... An ad, ad right. from Gene Rain's group doing New Year's Eve show in Chicago, Chicago. Yeah. and then you found another one. Right. And, and so, yeah, and Randy Wong and I were creating this whole fictional version <laughs> of Gene Rain's' life. Okay, so let's say he, he was originally from Chicago. Okay. Right? Right. And so that's how he would have these, because the other one was Chillicothe... Missouri, I think, which is right there, right across the line from, from Illinois. And so, okay, he must have been from Chicago, moved to Hawaii, became a successful musician, and the reason he was playing in the Midwest like that is because he'd go back home go and home. get gigs. So, That's so we, plausible. So we've created this whole fictional <laughs> version of Gene Rains' life since nobody knows, nobody except Gene knows the real version. Well, did I ever tell you that story where I, I just, one day, 
I did an internet search. I did just I typed in Gene Rains and quote, and I went through everything I could find. And just by sheer luck, it must have been the tenth Google page. I found a forum where somebody had posted the name Gene Rains, and it was some artist who does really incredible crayon art, but it's like it looks like oil paintings, but it's Crayola. And he had a forum, and somebody posted on there, and it was a woman, and she said her brother used to play in Hawaii, and his name was Gene Rains. Hmm. And I just about had a stroke. Because right? <laughs> that was the only thing I'd ever found. So I, I actually emailed this artist directly, and I said, look, I'm going to be honest with you. I found your site in a Google search for Gene Rains. And this woman claiming to be his sister posted, and I said, I'm trying to find out about him because I do this show and whatnot. And so, you know, to his credit, he posted in that forum a couple of posts under hers that said, here's, you need to contact this guy and put the email. I never heard from him. And that was it. That was the closest I ever came. <laughs> well, you know... <laughs> I, I love playing detective, mm -hmm. uh, and it, it's fun, and, and because I've had to do it all my career to because of these very kind of things. Sure. Well, you know, the, this artist, or you're writing a book. I mean, when I was writing the, the, the biography of Dwayne Allman, it was finding dozens and dozens of people going all the way back to his childhood. And the beauty of that was I'd be talking to one guy and he'd say, well, have you talked to so-and-so yet? Right. And uh, who's that? Well, he was a drummer in Dwayne's first band. Oh, my God. Okay. And, you know, let me check my Rolodex. I got his number right here. So, so the whole book was created that way. And this was one of those kind of situations where if we hadn't been under the impossible deadline, <laughs> my God. If we hadn't had to turn turn in the liner notes and the audio and the and the artwork uh, on the same day that we were asked to, right, right, <laughs> we might have we might have made some progress here and found out some more about Mr. Rains. But um, I know I'm thinking of um, of Martin Denny. I mean, I I had to do a little searching around to find. His, his family, uh -huh. uh, because I was interested in some music publishing related areas, but I managed to find the, the daughter and things like that. And so, but uh, yeah, Gene Rains, God bless him, incredible talent, brilliant ideas mm -hmm. that he and Paul Conrad had. Um, and I'm real proud of the finished product. I'm glad that you were there, because it wouldn't be a finished product without you. Well, I'm proud to have been there. That's, that was nice. And, and uh, I mean, we can't say enough about the cover. Yeah. Beautiful cover. Yeah. And, uh, and, the, and the audio came out great. So I would think that anybody who's a fan of Exotica at all would want to have this thing because it yeah. it really is the essence of what what gene was about we we honored the fact that his first album was basically a six song two six song medleys yes and um which was genius yeah. i mean who would have thought of that nobody had done anything like that before yeah we're talking 1959 probably when they recorded that album and so uh we have the whole album starting off the cd starting off with five of those six songs 
from uh, the first album, and then one of the songs, Jungle Drums, from the B-side. Right. And then we have tracks from the second album, and and uh, a respectable number of tracks from from his third album. And I think that it makes for a fine collection. It tells the listener what Gene was all about. Yeah. Uh, it shows that he was. A jazz guy, but not over the top. Right. He was no Miles Davis, but <laughs> but he he. There are moments when it's almost the modern jazz quartet, uh-huh. in all honesty, uh, because he really did have uh, a vibes feel that that wasn't totally unlike Bill Jackson. Right. So, but I I, I'm happy with the way it came out, the way it looks, and the way it sounds. Yeah, as you should be. It it's really good. Well, you also found out through your detective work that Gene Rains played with Buddy Buddy Foe, right? He was in his backup band, right? Wasn't that one of the... Well, well the, the thing that I found was um, that thing that I was telling you about, the Gene Rain Singers, whatever that madness... I have no idea what that yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> clearly, clearly, we're one Mike tie over the line right. at this point. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, th- there was an album that came out, and, and it had the Gene Rain Singers on it. And... Um, I don't have a talk about that Axel Stordahl Axel Stordahl, right? yeah, the Gene yeah. Rain Singers. So, which obviously was just a one-off situation. They needed a name for it. Gene Rain was on the label. He probably was the conductor or whatever. But uh, thus, adding to the mystery, right? <laughs> even more. Is it? Is it even the same Gene Rains? Right. But it's gotta be. It seems. Yeah, same time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's it's such a mystery. But uh, the fact that you found Paul Conrad is pretty cool. I mean, he, he's still kicking around, and his record commands some high prices too for on, right. uh, on eBay. I got mine back when it was cheap. <laughs> but yeah, we covered it. We covered it, man. Right. We, 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 well, we tied it up. And we finished the Mai Tai. Yeah. Look at that. All right. That's the sound of my Mai Tai. All right, Randy, thank you very much for visiting here. Let me tell you something. I have been listening to your podcast for a long time. Thank you. Quiet Village is one of my favorite podcasts out there in podcast land. (laughs) I am honored and thrilled that I'm actually able to be on it after all these years of listening to it. So it's entirely my honor. I thank you. Thank you. Mahalo (laughs) and aloha. Mahalo to Randy Poe for hanging out with me at the Purple Orchid and uh, and also Gordon Anderson over at Real Gone Music for actually putting pen to paper and getting uh, the Gene Rains licensed out for release. So I want to tell everyone right now, go out and get this compilation, Far Away Lands, The Exotic Music of Gene Rains. And I'm a little proud of that title because, yes, I got to name it. Thank you very much. Um, 
go out and get it. If you love this show and you love Gene Rains, you are going to absolutely love this CD. And, and as far as I can see, you can get it just about anywhere on CD. Amazon, uh, um, Amoeba, just about anybody has it. So definitely pick that up. And hopefully... The release of this will actually spawn some more information about Gene Rains, and if as soon as I find out more, I will bring more to you right here on The Quiet Village. My Mai Tai, of course, is empty. Actually, it's been empty for a while now, and that means we've come to the end of another episode, another visit here at The Quiet Village. I want to thank all of you for joining me. I want to thank Randy Poe, of course, for joining me. And I want to remind you that you can go to The Quiet Village at any time by going to digitiki.com. Click on the podcast button where you can get a complete list of all the tracks on this and past episodes. As well as 24-7, you can listen to Tiki Music on your computer, on your portable device, on Quiet Village Radio, which is now the number one Tiki Music radio station, which is probably the only one, but uh, I can say that then. So um, Quiet Village Radio, which is streaming 24-7, and you can listen directly from digitiki.com, and you can also listen from uh, various apps as well and on iTunes. Now I'm going to leave you with a little mini set of some Gene Rains directly off of the new Faraway Lands, the exotic sounds of Gene Rains compilation from Real Gone Music. So here we go. Until next time, everyone, aloha.